0: Hello, and welcome to the first ever podcast of This Podcast Has Been Vacated. Uh, I'm Sam. I'm joined right now by Jesse and Jeremy, who I will give the floor to introduce themselves. All
1: right. I guess I'll go first. I'm Jesse. I live in little state of Delaware. I usually write for the Ravens, but I'm a big Duke and Michigan fan, so leave all the hate to yourselves. (laughs) Jeremy, what you
0: got?
2: Um, I'm Jeremy, I go to Maryland, and uh, I write mostly about the Turks. and uh, I do not like Duke, and I also have a bit of uh, Texas loyalty as well.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of Texas loyalty, as I mentioned before, I'm Sam, I attend uh, Southern Methodist University, SMU, here in Dallas, Uh, American Rising Power Conference right there. Uh, Also, actually grew up a Duke fan, Uh, so that's a little bit of a uh, fun fact. So big, uh, big ACC guy. Absolutely love that. But uh, yeah, love love the Texas ties. We're having fun. So uh, today we're gonna kind of. I mean, it's February, so we've got to get ready for an exciting March. So it's time to kind of break in to each of the major seven conferences and kind of figure out uh, what's going on with each. Tourney season, baby! It is. That it get is. it rolling. All right, so we're starting. We uh, start with the ACC because why not? So. Uh, Best conference. All right. Well, then I'll let you let you start That's off with
1: on that one. <laughs> well, it's always been the best conference. I mean, it's Virginia's to lose, but Duke's on a run. So to me, they Virginia or Duke's going all the way with it.
2: I've never been a big believer in Virginia. I know that the goal is to score more points than your opponent, but the way they play, all they need is one person to have a decent game, one bad defensive game, and they're out. They can't come back from any
0: kind of deficit they need to well see the thing for me is that I feel like defense is just so much more consistent than offense ever is you know offense you can get hot or cold depending on you know how the rim's feeling you know shooting's just on or off but defense is like for me the most consistent part of the game which is why I like Virginia I also there's something about a good slow tempo that I absolutely love and if I'm correct they have Ken Palm's worst tempo in the country so by far uh, Oh, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So I, I got to say, I'm a big Virginia fan. Inevitably, they won't make the Final Four. But, I mean, if there's any Virginia team that's ready to do it for the last 10 years, it's this year's Virginia team.
1: Uh, well, this, I mean, is, I, this is our Virginia's best team in at least 15 years, let alone oh, 10.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is it's just such a solid team all around. I mean, the rest of the top of the conference. You got to like what you've seen from Duke, and uh, specifically North Carolina the last couple weeks has been – Close to unstoppable. Is it six straight now? I don't know. I've lost count, but they've been looking. Yeah, it's six straight. Yeah, I mean, Clemson's up there. They've been a surprise this year. Virginia Tech has been kind of the uh, little upsetter in the league so far. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the ACC is always, always a deep conference. And I think this year we've seen a little, you know, a few surprises here and there. But just it's always exciting basketball. Of course,
2: uh, Lenardi has them as the highest team uh, conference in terms of teams in with 10.
0: To be fair to the Big Twelve, they've only got ten teams in the Big Twelve, so you know, you know best right. conference is arguable. So, but I mean, I mean ten teams is nothing that nothing to you know, yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a pretty impressive number. But of course, so it goes. So it goes. All right. Anything else on the ACC while we're while we're on topic? Uh, um, Duke like is playing very sleepers? well
2: recently, even without Bagley,
0: which is very interesting.
1: They're playing even yeah. better without Bagley.
0: It seems like that's just how it goes something. That's like the Wizards without John Wall right now, but you know. Well everybody uh... else
1: everybody else to step up when the star goes down.
0: Well exactly. Next man up. It's real basketball. Yeah.
1: Real basketball term there. But no, back with Duke. <laughs> their uh win against Louisville last night is the, their last three games is the first time the shot clock era. They allowed three straight opponents under sixty points. It's pretty wow. amazing.
0: That's pretty amazing. Louisville. Oh poor Louisville. All right. Well, that's exciting stuff. Any sleepers, any sleeper picks to win this conference, maybe sneak into the tournament with the conference championship?
1: The best would be Virginia Tech in my mind. Clemson's slowly falling off. They lost three straight.
2: Hey, if Bonzi Colson can come back, I believe in Mike Bray. They could always win the tournament. You never know. Notre Dame. I was just
0: about to say the same thing. I like Notre Dame as a sleeper in this conference. I don't know what it is, but Notre Dame – I mean, come March, Notre Dame always seems like they're at least – you know, in it, you know, vying for a position there. So I, I like that Notre Dame sleeper pick a lot. So, all right, I'm going to head on to the next conference, my personal favorite, as I mentioned before, uh, the American Athletic Conference, which has been arguably the best it's ever been. Uh, not necessarily the best out of the conferences, to say the least, but uh, definitely the best it's ever been. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on the American this year?
2: Well, I'm sorry about uh, your SMU
0: yeah, RIP in peace. No, probably not. <laughs> but
2: uh, um, it, it it stinks that uh, Wichita State looks like it was overrated a little bit. They're still very good, but I don't trust them to make that much of a run in the tournament. I, I think they can get to the second weekend. Uh, definitely Cincinnati has to be in the best position out of anyone in the conference.
0: Jesse, what are you feeling?
1: It, it's Cincinnati's to lose at this point. They I know they've lost a couple, but they're too good. To lose in the conference tournament.
0: Well, it's true, and Cincinnati too. Their losses have come to the two other best teams in the conference, that's Cincinnati and Houston. So, I mean, I, I'm sorry uh, to Wichita State and Houston. So, um, yeah, you got to argue the top of this conference is just so much better than the bottom half of this conference by, a, I mean, by a long shot. But you got to respect where the Americans at. I mean, last year they were maxing out at two teams. Period, with SMU and Cincinnati, who both ended up with six seeds. I mean, this year you're looking at Cincinnati, Houston, Wichita State, maybe a Temple slips in on the bubble if they can win out. And then, I don't know, in any, any of these teams, I mean, you look at the conference tournaments in the past, UConn has made a crazy run in the conference tournament that put them not only in March but in a national championship spot. You look at, you know, SMU. She has Napier's
2: now walking through that door, though.
0: Well, that's true. They were always a little bit dangerous. <laughs> then you got SMU getting all of their injured players back in the next couple of weeks, including their potential first-round pick, shake Milton. So that's something to kind of look forward Great to name. as a sleeper. I love shake. Shake and bake, baby. But So that's someone who I like to see as a sleeper. And then UCF, BJ Taylor, their point guard is back. So they're a totally different team when he's, uh, he's playing for them. So this conference tournament is, I think, going to be one of the more exciting just because I think the, between the injuries kind of getting back in a history in this conference of tournaments going a little bit awry, I, I kind of like the, the need for a little bit of excitement. So any other final thoughts on the American
1: It'll never be as good as the original Big East. That's all I have to say.
0: <laughs> you're, you're not not really wrong. You don't <laughs> want to say that. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm, I'm going to let Jeremy uh, start off this next one because I think you're probably the most familiar uh, little Big Ten action here. How's the Big Ten oh. looking?
2: Oh, yeah. Big Ten is my conference. Uh, as I said, I go to Maryland, so I've watched a whole lot of Big Ten this year. Uh, obviously, it's very top-heavy with the – top three with uh, Purdue, uh, Ohio State, and Michigan State that are all in the top ten, I believe, still. Uh, Michigan is still good. They'll be in the tournament. I think they're right around 25 in RPI, which is pretty good. Um, and aside from that, it's a whole lot of bleh, if I'm honest. Uh, they probably won't have anything other than those four teams in the tournament, which I think would be a low for them in, for the first time in a while. I don't know when was the last time the Big Ten had only four teams in, but it's, it's, it's been a bit of time.
1: Well, Nebraska now, might sneak in. So, Nebra-
2: they- yeah. This weekend, Nebraska and Penn State play each other, and that's basically going to be uh, a game to stay alive in, uh, for an at-large bid. Whoever loses that is probably done. Whoever wins stays alive. I it, know it's it, going to be it, close.
0: It, Penn State's, what, 27th on Ken Palm? If
2: I'm reading yeah, that right, like 27th. They just don't have the wins, really. They have some good wins. but They've got, what, they've Ohio State a couple of weeks ago.
0: Very... What was that? Right. They have Ohio State from, what, two weeks, a week, a week or two ago? Right. But, uh, yeah, other than that, it's not looking too exciting. Where's, where's Maryland sitting? Are they on the right or the wrong side of the bubble? And, and who do they have yet to play here?
2: I believe they're currently in most people's next, next four out. They have an important game this Saturday. It's our whiteout game uh, against uh, Michigan at home. And if they win that, they have a chance to be back into the conversation. Of course, that's the last game before the conference tournament where they're, they'll are they definitely need to make some noise. Talking with a lot of Maryland fans, basically we think they'd have to beat Michigan.
1: Which won't happen.
2: At home, that, we're favored, I think.
1: Yeah, but Penn State was favored against Michigan last night, and we saw how
2: that, how that turned out. Well, we were also a foul mm-hmm. away from winning – at Michigan in January, so oh, I'll saying uh, we'd have to win against Michigan, then beat whoever we play in the first round, likely Northwestern, and then beat Michigan State, so it's definitely a long
0: shot. Yeah, that sounds like an uphill battle, that sounds like an uphill battle, I, I'd say the Big Ten, you notice know, the conference that like last year I was kind of cold on, I mean, people got really hot on Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin was so hot and cold at the end of last season, they've been cold as heck this season, and they took out Villanova. They did. They did. But they were so cold going into that tournament. And you look at Michigan, who was cold the entire end of the season, and then their plane crashes, and all of a sudden this, this new team emerges, and it, they make this crazy, just unprecedented run. So I feel like the Big Ten is kind of conducive to those kind of stories, which, as I said, is what makes college basketball fun. I don't know if I see any team making that kind of story this year, but, I mean, that's part of the surprise of college basketball. I don't think
2: there'll be a surprise from the Big Ten. I think it'll be the four big hitters. That if yeah. they do anything. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I mean,
0: I think I think Michigan can make noise. I mean, it thats, that's not, I, I mean, I feel bad kind of calling Michigan a sleeper. There ain't twentieth on Ken Palm, but that's kind of my sleeper from the Big Ten to go rather far. But other than that, any other final thoughts on the Big Ten?
2: It, it, it's interesting that they moved the tournament a week earlier this year, so it'll be with all the lower conference. Uh, tournaments. They moved it earlier. Yeah, the Big Ten tournament is this coming week.
0: Oh, oh wow! Like, I like I like that for like my own personal basketball purposes because the American. I mean, as I said as a fan of the American, we are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of like the like we finished on Selection Sunday, which I hate, but I love to see the basketball spread out a little bit, or at least decent basketball spread out a little bit more.
2: Right, and there's not going to be much competition. Basically, the only other tournament that's going on at the same time as us is. Of the major power seven conferences at the West Coast Conference, and they're still pretty low tier. Well,
0: I don't even consider them a power seven. Right. They're, they're mm-hmm. eight or nine, maybe, if that. It's a, it's a rough conference. Besides, besides the top two in that conference, that conference has always been a little bit rough. But, all right, we're going to move on to my the, – the conference that I think is conference in basketball right now, and Ken Palm agrees with me. The Big 12. And we've we've come out – we're going to come out and say it very publicly. This is an anti-Trey Young podcast. We're going to be as public about it as possible. Do not like Trey Young. Don't think he deserves player of the year. Just not about him. Don't like this Oklahoma team personally. I don't know how you guys feel. But, uh, Jesse, thoughts on the Big 12, where they fit?
1: It's one of the most competitive I, in the Big 12 I've seen it in a long time. Kansas has – they're po- they're living March early this year and just always losing. So it's theirs to lose because Texas Tech is just shit the bed. Oklahoma State is won what three straight against top ten opponents, so they are going on a little run. But other than that, West Virginia is the best competition.
0: Jeremy, what are
2: you feeling? Yeah, I think West Virginia has always been basically Virginia that can score. You know, they've got the defense, but. They can also, you know, come back if they need to. They're yeah, we'll little, little press Virginia. Games, action, but, man. Yeah, yeah. They could still, they could still beat a lot of really good teams. Um, on this league is actually pretty crazy. On any given night, any team can beat any team, and we've seen that. Kansas, who is the number one team, and has won what 14 straight regular season Big 12 tournaments. Yeah, for, uh, this, this will five. be their 14th. This
0: will be their 14th. Yeah,
2: this will be their 14th. They've lost three at home for the first time. I think this. Millennium.
0: definitely under Bill Self, yeah, right. So, and absolutely ridiculous. This well, I think, I mean, I think whoever wins this game on a Saturday between Texas Tech and Kansas runs away with this conference with you know only three rounds of games essentially left. So, right. I mean, Texas Tech's got a tough end of this, they've got Kansas luckily for them at home, then they got to go to West Virginia and they come back to play a TCU team that's I think a little bit weaker than that team started off with. But I mean, this is a conference that's sending seven or eight out of their 10 teams to the tournament pretty easily. And as we've seen, even the bottom of this conference, I mean, we look at like the Oklahoma States who have pulled off some upsets. Iowa State has shown they can pull off upsets. Technically Oklahoma's third from the bottom. I mean, Oklahoma's third from the bottom of this conference. Like let's not forget that this team has done some like decent things. They've pulled off some upsets. If Trey Young can, you know, make his half court shot for, you know, to save his life then all of a sudden, you know, they're getting hot again. But this is <laughs> This is a conference where any one of these 10 teams can really make the tournament or make some kind of run in this, in this conference tournament to, to get into March. And that's, I think, what's so amazing and unprecedented about this conference. There's no bad team in this conference, period. Oh, a lot of very good teams. Not at all. Any final thoughts on the Big 12 before we move on?
1: If Oklahoma- to- oh, you go. All right, I was just say, no matter where Oklahoma gets in the tournament, they're not losing. They're not going to win their first game. They're going to be upset easily.
2: Well, at this point, they may be the lower seeded team. Yeah,
1: they're still going to lose no matter what. So
0: I don't know. The, the committee's been throwing me off. So, I mean, if we look at that, what the top four seeds that we received a couple weeks ago, they thought Oklahoma. What is like a two or three, and that was after Oklahoma had lost what like four or five in a row. I mean the the committee's loving Oklahoma right now. They hate Michigan State. They love Oklahoma. It's all over the map.
1: They just love Trey Young. They want that well, story.
0: I, I mean, who doesn't? ESPN's been all over him. Exactly. But, you know, it's I the committee's such they're all I I say I've had some personal vendettas with the committee in the past that I'm going to try to not bring into this. But the committee has had a history of having clear favorites. Particularly, I'm not going to say Duke, but Duke. Uh, Definitely. And then, you know, and then kind of hurting, like, I mean, Wichita State was a 10 seed last year. That's a gross underseed. Gross on, they, were, like, they, they were top 10 in Ken Palm to end the year last year in the rankings. They ended up with a 10 seed that would put them among the 37th, to 40th best teams in the country. So to say that the, the committee gets it wrong a lot would be an understatement. But, I mean, you've got to hope that Oklahoma drops a pretty decent amount Honestly, Oklahoma's got a chance to miss this tournament if they lose out. They have to, I think they have to win at least one of their next three to really have the RPI and the strength of schedule to get in. But I, I mean, think they have
2: to win two, probably. They're, they're really not looking great. They're on the bubble at this point.
0: Oh, absolutely, which is insane. Insane that we've gotten to from, from where we were three weeks ago to this point is just absolutely crazy with Oklahoma. It's
2: one of the more meteoric drops I've
0: seen this late in the season. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. All right. We're going to head over to, uh, well, the Catholic League, the Big East. (laughs) But uh, a lot of craziness that's been going on there. Always love some good Big Big East basketball. You know, I've seen some of these teams win the tournament pretty recently. So, uh, Jeremy, what are you feeling with the uh, the Big East? Well, obviously,
2: Xavier and Villanova, teams to beat, ranked in the top five. Uh, Villanova really, uh, they showed me that they can beat just about anyone going on the road last week to beat Xavier. I was very impressed by that. Um, I've seen Butler play in person. They're good, not great. They can get seven of their ten teams in, which is fantastic. It's probably going to be more like five, but either way they're probably going to have multiple teams uh, get to the second weekend. So pretty good conference. Absolutely. Jesse, how are you? what are your thoughts?
1: It's pretty much the same. It's Xavier and Villanova, it's, they're a one and two. They're mostly good to play for it all. But if I choose a sleeper with them, I think Seton Hall could somehow sneak in and win the
0: conference. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me the least bit. I mean, if you look at the middle of this conference, it's very good. I mean, you've got Xavier, Villanova, Butler as kind of a clear upper echelon above the rest, it would seem. But they've got a, a solid middle with Seton Hall, Creighton, Providence, Marquette that have shown they can, they can win games. And, I mean, they've been all over the place this year. They've had hot and cold streaks like just about every team has. Creighton and Providence specifically have shown some clear upsets in conference play. Uh, I mean, even St. John's has shown some upsets. Georgetown almost had one last night. They were looking pretty good against Xavier. So, so this is another – I feel like we say this at all the conferences, but this is another conference where anything can happen. I mean, it's been so all over the map all season. And I feel like part of that's just the fact that this season has been arguably the craziest in college basketball history. Yeah, oh, no it's doubt. Tough to it's definitely the player.
2: most condensed of talent. You know, there's not elite teams, and there's not really bad teams generally. There's a lot of good and a lot of bad, but it's very close. Much more so than previous years.
0: Oh, absolutely. You could argue that the top 100 teams in Ken Tom's rankings are all, you know, able to beat any of the other top 100 teams on any given day, which is – different from the past where we've had such a clear i mean even earlier this season it felt like with we had what virginia villanova and purdue seemed like a clear upper echelon until- how about
2: purdue and Vill- and uh, villanova playing for what was it like the seventh place at their thanksgiving tournament
0: well that was uh purdue and arizona
2: purdue and arizona sorry
0: <laughs> yeah smu sent arizona the last place game uh, we we don't talk about atlantis there was a lot of people victimized by that tournament but uh yeah, the battle for Atlantis was not pretty. Villanova won that tournament, actually, which was surprising considering how poorly literally every other team did in that tournament. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Atlantis was not good to a lot of people. Yeah, Arizona lost all three of those games. Purdue only won because they were playing Arizona. It was just, I mean, that was just an ugly season. But then Purdue went on, what, 18 straight wins after Atlantis or something crazy like that? They, could, they like couldn't that. lose. They couldn't lose. They were the only team for a while that didn't lose in the continental u.s they were just on a total roll total roll so and they, they, atlantis
2: they, also showed us that tennessee is for real not that we knew it at the time but we'll get to them in a bit
0: oh we had no clue yeah i say we'll hit the sec up uh momentarily here but yeah no tennessee It was it was a good it was a good tournament for a lot of those teams who needed those kind of bubble wins nc state got some decent wins there uh i said smu got some decent wins not that it's going to help them, but. Uh, it's, it was just a crazy little, uh, crazy little tournament and microcosm of the entire season, if you will. But any other final thoughts on the, uh, the Big East, which we clearly got off from? <laughs> it's- uh,
2: yeah, Jesse, I like your call out of season hall. Anything with Angel Delgado is going to have a chance in any game.
0: Oh, definitely. All right. On to what I think is out of the seven conferences we're going to talk about today, the absolute worst, uh, the Pac-12. Oh, by far. I only say that because their top two teams. I've seen SMU personally play both their top two teams. Beat Arizona on a neutral court by six. Beat US- USC on our home court by like twenty. Wasn't even close. So like, and I I know that our team's not good this year, but if I saw our team decimate one of those teams and then have a really competitive game against the other, I know the Pac-12 sucks. So like, uh, for me, this is a this is a I mean, a conference that maybe sends like four four teams. I. Arizona State's kind of arguable at this point. They still have some really great wins, but they've got some crappy losses.
2: They're, they'll be in. Yeah. Arizona's be
0: in. USC's all over the map. Arizona's, I mean, pretty much a lock at this point. Uh, and then UCLA's got some solid wins. But other than that, I mean, Utah, Stanford, Washington are kind of that middle middle tier. Maybe Oregon, if you want to stick them in there. But, I mean, you've got four, probably four locks. And then the other just kind of around the bubble. So I wouldn't even say that. I'd say
2: uh, Arizona and Arizona State are the only locks. You have the uh, Bruins, UCLA, the Utes, uh, Washington, and Oregon all knocking each other out in the next two weeks. And yeah, they're all squarely on the bubble. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Maybe one of those four teams might fit in because they
0: all play each other. Jeez, it's going to be – I tell you, that conference tournament, they're going to be playing for their lives. Jesse, what are you thinking? It's,
1: it's Arizona's to lose at this point. I mean, it's – they're all beating each other up, and it's a shame because a couple of years ago, the Pac-12 was running both football and
0: basketball in the college. Mm-hmm. And now they're arguably the worst power conference in both. Exactly. How, how, conference of Champions, how the mighty have fallen. Mm. East Coast Real bias. I mean, you got to love it. And, and you know, I think the funniest thing, that the Pac-12 fans will 100% jump to that on the voters, and they'll be like, oh, you just – you know, you have what, the East Coast bias, and you just don't watch our teams. because so, No, like, we watch your teams. They're just not good teams. I <laughs> stay
2: <Last laughs> up till early morning hours watching all the games. Your teams are just not as good. Oh, 100%. No.
0: They're trash. They're absolute trash. USC didn't deserve a spot in the college football playoff. They probably don't deserve a spot in, the, in March Madness either. So I'll see them in the NIT. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe we'll play them first round, get another little revenge from last year. But, oh, yeah. uh, but who knows? Who knows? Any last thoughts on the, the worst conference in basketball out of the majors?
1: <laughs> it's Arizona's to lose. That's all it is. If they lose, then they don't deserve to go deep in the tournament.
0: DeAndre Ayton is a man among boys. You've got to watch him play. He it's is fantastic. a big boy. He is a big boy. I, I'm a big Alonzo Trier guy, too. Really like what he's doing. I can't he's believe doing. he's still in college. I know. Well, after Markkinen, too. I thought he'd go with Markkinen last year. But Markkinen was a beast. Baby Dirk, Baby Dirk out there in Chicago. He's but doing they've, well. They've got a good team. They've, I mean, people kind of underrated them all year, and then you know they showed with some quality wins at the end that they were for real and made a pretty solid run in March last year. We'll see if they can do the same this year. I, I say I wouldn't put my money on it, but, you know, it's March. So all sorts of craziness. All right, Arizona
2: always has weird losses. Don't let that that deter you. They always get to the second weekend.
0: They do. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right, we're going to head on to what I think might be the most surprising conference of the season, the SEC. You know, moving on from football to good basketball. Uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts here?
1: Auburn has surprised me. That's all I got to say from them.
2: I'm surprised at Auburn's home court advantage. Their crowd was very lively. I was happy to see that.
1: Oh, yeah. I was, yeah
0: they've been, been solid.
1: I'm surprised Kentucky fell off a little bit early in the year but they're slowly making their way back.
0: But they almost blew a close one last night. So, Yeah, and, I mean, and you can argue that's kind of one of the side effects of one-and-dones and you know, just getting all these young freshmen and who are just unfamiliar with you know, the speed and pace of college basketball. But, I mean, Calipari's always done a, a pretty good job of getting these players ready to go and, and having them play well despite being so young. But, I mean, you look at Auburn, who's been probably the biggest surprise of the season in the SEC – Tennessee's been a huge surprise. Uh, Arkansas has got some great wins. Alabama's been crazy. I mean, Alabama almost won a game, what, three on five? Yeah. That was ridiculous. That was was one of the craziest things I've seen
2: in sports, let alone in college basketball this season.
0: Oh, period. And you have to wonder where Missouri would be if, you know, Michael Porter had been around all season. You know, now he's cleared to play, as we just found out a few minutes ago. But, uh, I mean, it's it's just a deep conference that – Honestly, looks kind of set up. I don't know that a lot of these players are going to be going to the NBA draft this year. So besides Kentucky, of course, but some of these players from Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas, That's- Alabama. I, th- I think we're Sexton probably will go. But I think we're looking at a lot more longevity in this league, which is exciting because I mean, SEC basketball being fun has been exciting and a change of pace this season.
2: It's weird to see the SEC as an up and coming conference because everyone knows about their football
0: dominance. But here we are. Yeah, well, exactly. You always think the SEC is like the best conference, and you forget that there is basketball to play. But this year, they're showing that they can they can do both. Get you a conference that can do both. Mm. Very important. Any uh, any final thoughts before we move into uh, the final portion of our show, the segments? If Michael, yeah, uh, po- uh, I'll, I'll okay. go.
1: If Michael Porter stay, he'll most likely stay. But next year, I think Missouri will be a team to beat in the SEC. They're they'll be close to winning it all. I think.
2: I think Michael Porter's leaving, even though he was hurt. He is? Uh he's he's such a high projected pick that he there's no, no way he's facing.
0: That's just so risky to me. If I'm an NBA team, I, I don't know if I take the risk there. Well they
1: did it last year with who was that Duke player? I forget his name. Uh, uh I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name either. He was a name. Uh, I'll think
0: of it by the end of the show. <laughs> Yeah, but it, no, it just—it always depends. But yeah, this is—it's gonna be an interesting NBA draft to see who all stays and who all goes. But I think the SEC in general is kind of safe. But we'll see. All right, we're gonna transition into our upset picks of the week or oh, the weekend.
1: Harry Giles, that's who it was.
0: Harry Giles, that's right. Harry, that's right. Jess, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All right, upset pick of the week. Jeremy, you're up. Who you got? Well. Can you come back to me? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, why don't you go? Oh, that's, that's the same thing. Jeez.
2: Okay, I got. I got it. All right. I, you know, I gotta go with my team. I gotta pick Maryland over Michigan.
0: I, I honestly <laughs> a little home court advantage there, home cooking. I kind of like that.
2: Wide out, it's our whiteout game. It's the last game of uh, Deion Wiley and Jared Nickens' career, who have both been playing very well. We 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 got this one.
0: Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> All right, Jesse, where are you looking? All
1: right, I'm going on a big limb right here, and I'm taking UConn over Cincinnati. (laughs) Oh, that's in Cincinnati too, isn't it, this weekend? Uh, Yeah, I think so. That's that's a a,
2: hot take. That's a limb right there. That's a hot take.
1: No, it's at a BBT arena up in Kentucky, it's saying.
0: Well, yeah, that's okay. where uh, Cincinnati's gotten having their uh, their arena renovated this year, so they're playing all their games in Northern Kentucky's arena. Gotcha. So that's a that's a home game for Cincy. That's a yeah. home game. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. I've got, I've got two real picks and then my homer pick. So my homer pick, of course, SMU is doing their first ever stripe out this weekend. Those are Wichita, fun. Those are really Wichita, fun. Wichita, Wichita State, who, mind you, we are one and zero against this year. We went to Wichita State and beat them. If Jake Milton plays, we win this game on Saturday. If he doesn't, we get murdered by 30. Simple as that. Uh, my other two, I like Syracuse over Duke at Duke. Uh, and I like Florida over Auburn at Florida. Like yeah, it's mostly. been
2: like a month since Duke had
0: a dumb loss, so I guess they're Duke. Well, exactly. And Syracuse feels like just the team to give them a dumb loss if history tells us anything. So
1: uh, It depends if Bagley can come back or not. <laughs>
2: We'll Does see. it really? Because they've been playing. Well. I haven't well,
1: been playing very well. That's what I'm saying. If Bagley comes back, they might drop it because they're just going to keep feeding him the oh, ball. Interesting.
0: That's
1: a hot take. That's very. a hot take. It's like a good hot take. It's like back when Kyrie
0: Irving played. Yep. Yeah. It's those those players, they. I mean, it, this is Trey Young. We're seeing it right now with Trey Young. Yeah. But it's very anti-Trey Young podcast can be very open about that. Of course. All right. Moving to my NCAA infraction of the week, this is a uh, this is an instant classic. The Oklahoma Sooners football team self-reported an infraction in 2013 for three of their student athletes, football players, uh, eating too much pasta at a banquet. Can't do that. So they uh, self-reported their players had an extra serving of pasta. Players were required to; they were not able to play until they uh, they paid three dollars and eighty-three cents apiece, the cost of the serving. Uh, to a charity of their choice. The NCAA, however, said that this is not a necessary infraction to report. But and the rule at the time was very vague. I mean, you would go. The rule stated that you could give a player a snack, but not a meal. Which is kind of where the whole, like, you can give, you can give a player a bagel, but not like a bagel with cream cheese on it. Because a bagel's a snack. When you put cream cheese on it, that's kind of a meal. Anyway, thank goodness the NCAA's I say kind of, kind of cleared it up. So now you can kind of get a unlimited food, which is, which is very nice. Very nice. But it's the fact that at one point, not, not but like four or five years ago, a school had to self-report $3.83 worth of pasta being consumed slightly over the amount given. Real shame. So shame on you, NCAA, for starving your athletes. <laughs> Damn. Along
2: the uh, same lines, I've got one, too. If you remember Rick Majeris, he was a coach for Utah, Marquette, St. Louis. Uh, he once got in trouble because he paid for pizza for his student athletes uh, during film sessions.
0: Ooh, God forbid! God forbid! He
2: <laughs> vacated some of his wins in his early in his career.
0: Jeez. Well, I also liked. Uh, I was reading this whole Oklahoma football report. There was a few other incidents that they self-reported with this. One of which was a uh, recruiting violation where a coach butt dialed uh, a recruit during a dead period of recruiting calls. Had to self-report that one. And then uh, they also one of their recruits, I guess, accidentally bought Wi-Fi at a hotel and paid for it on the school's tab. So I had to give ten bucks to charity as a result of that one. So tell you, they 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 really nitpick here. They really nitpick. It's just it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. All right. Any other final thoughts before we sign off on this uh, inaugural episode of the podcast? We're forgetting about Louisville. Oh, Oh, we did forget about Louisville. Oh my goodness! I almost jumped over the big story of the week. (laughs) All right, who who wants to take Louisville and just run with it?
1: All I have to say with it, as a Michigan fan, I'm claiming that 2013 National Championship. Trey Burke did not get foul on that play. That was a clean block, and I'll go to my death with it.
2: Well, I guess I didn't have to see Kevin Ware break his leg as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it didn't happen. It, nope. it legally, legally, didn't happen. So, as as a school, as as an attendee of a school who is arguably the expert on cheating in the NCAA, I mean, we do lead, we hold the current NCAA records. Ten major infractions. Uh, the vacation of wins means nothing to me. I mean, if you, if you're a fan of this team, you you had that experience. Like you you won an, you, whether they say you did or not, you won a national championship. Like the, the, you know, the day after a national championship is one of the coolest times I feel like you could ever experience, and you—they can't take that from you. You know, the, the wins in the record book change, but who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? For me, they need to penalize this team a lot more than they did. I know they self—they self-reported and self-imposed a uh, postseason ban the same year that SMU did in twenty, the twenty fifteen twenty sixteen season. But to, after all that this school's done, I feel like we're borderline death penalty here, which is just. It's, it's tough. It's tough, but we're borderline. They, they, they have done a lot wrong. Oh, they absolutely is, have. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking, and I, I said I hate to continue to be a homer, but SMU had one administrator help one student athlete with an online class. They banned our head coach for nine games, gave us a postseason ban. We're still on probation three years later. We still are down four scholarships this season. And it's been three years, and we had one administrator take one class, neither of whom were with the school by the time they got imposed, we kicked the kid out of school, fired the administrator, and then they still did it. And then Louisville just gets a, you know, mm. oh, maybe you didn't win a few games.
2: And, and, and don't forget, they, got a, they called a phantom
0: goaltending. As oh, I don't even want to think about that. That was the year after we got set <laughs> by the committee. That was oh. not a goaltend. That was not a goaltend. I will take that to my grave. There was no goaltending on that play. That poor no, kid. That was his last game ever played with SMU. And that's how he has to go out. Oh, yeah.
1: Back Real to thing. your whole administrator thing. Just, how do you feel about UNC not getting any punishment for those pass fail classes?
0: Par for They the got to protect our blue bloods. Yeah. Par for the course. Exactly. Say the NCAA is a monetary. They say not for profit, a very for profit organization. Very. Uh, they they make a lot of money. They make a lot of money off of, particularly off of schools like UNC and Louisville, who have constantly been those those programs that have helped the NCAA. Constantly get a stream of revenue, so they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything to them. The NCAA has always been a corrupt organization from well, uh, for the last decades now.
1: Look at all these schools that have even worse accusations than Louisville. Nothing's happened to them. You have Penn State, you have Michigan State, and you have Baylor. All their all the football scandals, and you'll never see a death penalty come near them.
0: Yeah, but nope. we we paid the players, so crucify us. <laughs> yep. It's, it's it's just ridiculous everybody pays players i know i'm well aware i've watched the documentary many times you're <laughs> not the only ones doing it i tell you we did not buy eric dickerson that trans am that came from texas a&m 100 i'd asked him about it personally that came from texas a&m are, are A&M. we
2: bashing texas a&m because i'll jump on oh one. no we're just, oh, we, can,
0: we can bash a&m if you want to i'm, I'm down to bash some a&m it's- if you want to root uh, for Texas, go to Texas. If you want to root for uh, Alabama, go to A&M. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. <laughs> yep, it's just it's ridiculous. It's, it's just absolutely – it's nonstop. God, I hate the NCAA. If, if you want to laugh,
1: go to all the Alabama recruits, like, Instagram pages and see them all flexing with brand-new cars and pockets full of cash
0: after what they've is- made – that's what we did. All of our players were like, oh, look at all this new car that my grandmother bought me. And everyone was like, well, clearly your grandma didn't buy this. She's got like $2 in her bank account. So
1: the like, day the day after Tua signed, he was riding around in like a nice big SUV.
0: It's crazy. That's what they do. Hey,
2: at least that one paid off.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Talk about return on investment. Hey, we won like two national championships technically. Not technically, but technically. We were, we were the best team money could buy, as you like to say. You,
2: your most recent uh, championship is most
0: sanctions, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. 1982, 1982 we'll claim. Technically, in 1987, we were undefeated. Uh, we didn't play, but we were undefeated. We did not lose.
1: <laughs> we did not lose. Correct.
0: So I, I think I'm going to claim that one. Can I pull a UCF here? Actually, uh, I think UCF deserves the 2013 basketball championship while we're talking about it. No. Nope. Give it to them. Give them another parade. I'm Don't take that, that UCF, from me. UCF deserves that. UCF <laughs> I, absolutely deserves that. I'm a I big already, UCF national championship fan. Huge. I already bought a
1: 2013 Michigan's men's championship shirt. I'm not getting it taken away from me again.
0: No, nah, I think I'm going to take that one. I'll They've already you. made those, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. They I've seen like a dozen within the past twenty four hours. I tell you, I'm a huge fan of that UCF team from this season. I uh, I got the privilege of standing on the sidelines with them when they played SMU when we almost beat them. Touchdown away, touchdown away. But Scott Frost, real real stand up guy. A lot of great players on that team. So props to the national, the true national champions, University of Central Florida. They should have been. They
1: should have been in the playoffs.
0: One hundred percent. Well, goes to the whole expanded playoffs, but that's a whole other whole other topic for a whole other time. That's some, yeah. some off-season off talk right there. Definitely. <laughs> Save that one for July. <laughs> All right, any other, any other final thoughts before we, uh, we officially close it out now that we've actually kind of discussed Louisville? I think we're good. I'm just excited. A lot of basketball this weekend. Oh um, I, I mean, well, it's not even March yet. And I'm already getting the March vibes. It's coming quick. It's coming very quickly, almost as quick as Rick Pitino.
2: Hashtag, this is March.
0: We don't make those jokes anymore, though. No. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what, a, what an interesting first episode. All right. We'll uh, probably be on, I guess, next week then. Yeah. And, right. and
2: next week to break down when we have a bracket. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I can't
0: wait. This going to be wait. fun. My favorite,
2: my favorite three days of the year.
0: Yeah. You got you to make all the brackets you can. You got to be time? right on that, at least one of them. What's our bet going to be? Hmm. Our bet? Yeah,
1: every you always have to have a bet. Oh. Uh,
0: we'll reveal that next week. Yeah, yeah it. It. We gotta, okay. well, stay tuned.
1: I'll give you a little teaser.
0: There you go. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. It's been a pleasure, y'all. We'll see y'all next week. It's
1: been great. <laughs>